This week, I don't know if they're named, we're talking Creed 3. This chronicle is going to fly now. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, how are you? Aaron, how are you? Have you been keeping up with your punches? <laughs> not not quite. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> I've been keeping the legs moving, though, put it that way. There you go, all right. Get some cardio in. Exactly. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, that scene where in Kill Bill Volume 2, where he's like, Bud, you know, by chance, you haven't been keeping up with your swordplay, have you? He's like, No. <laughs> that exact yeah. example. Good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies to be most supportive for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 524. 524. 524. I'm going to guess that is somewhere in Michigan. Do a detailed look. Yeah, it is not in Michigan. It's in Cedar Rapids. Okay, all right. You're not not far. Yeah. I'll take an Ed Helms movie. (laughs) Uh. Wait, it's Des Moines. So I, I did zip code. Oh, it's Des, Des Moines. Moines. All right. Well, nobody made a movie called Des Moines, Iowa. Not yet, but yeah. also still pretty close. Pretty close. You're up. You're up there. <laughs> What's this podcast about? We're talking Creed three. This yes, week. the third in the Creed franchise, the ninth in the Rocky franchise. Wow. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna talk all about Creed three, and what a uh, star slash director Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael B. got up to uh, in that movie. Uh, so, uh, okay. Let's uh, let's get all into that and more. First, though, let's introduce our one of our guests for this evening. We have from Movies Marcus, it's Marcus, all games, no play, especially on Out Now, Robinson. Hi, guys. Uh, happy Black History Month. I got to be here for Black History Month. <laughs> happy Black History Month, Marcus. Thank, thank you for inviting me on Black History Month. You're, you're, you're... Did you do this Black I don't want people to be fooled to think that we recorded the show early <laughs> just to fit you in for a Black History Month episode in a, for a movie that came out after it, it ended. So I'm, I'm, I'm stopping this ruse right away. <laughs> Keep it going! But I am happy that you had a happy Black History yeah. Month. Yes, okay. yes. Hey, Marcus, good to hear from you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Great. I'm good. How are you guys good doing? Here. As as Abe was any more any more Iowa <laughs> Iowa jokes? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I am going to ask you if you've been kept up with your speed bag work. Of course, of course, yes. Okay, great, good, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we need you in fighting shape by next Saturday. All right. Well, we have Marcus here with us. We may have another guest jumping in soon enough as well. But mm-hmm. we'll get to that when we get to that. For now, let's get to some uh, some um, some uh, show notes. Um, first up, commentary track. We do a commentary track every month. And for the first few months of this year, we're doing a little theme called I Love LA around our commentaries, where we talk about uh, movies that are set in LA that are action or action comedies that span multiple decades. Uh, we did Assault on Precinct 13 uh, in January. And this past month, we did Beverly Hills Cop, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, very, very, uh, very packed commentary episode. So we talked a lot, a lot of different things. Um, right. And now we're in March. Uh, so this coming month, uh, we have Rush Hour 
is our next commentary. Heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, (laughs) got a lot of things. It's funny because we chose Rush Hour, not because, I mean, for one thing, you know, it's a fun movie to talk about, but also we've done a lot of 90s action movies in LA. (laughs) So like we've already did like, that's apparently where they all took place. We've done like speed and point break. Like we've done a lot of these. So it's like, oh, well, we narrowed it down (laughs) already. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to all that. And Uh, spoiler, Aaron is an extra in in Rush Hour 4. (laughs) He's not. Oh yeah, but maybe <laughs> in that rush hour four movie that exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, in. They keep they keep saying they'll do it. So yeah. you know that always. If, they, if if we're going with that, let's just continue with the Black History Month thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going. <laughs> so yeah, commentary track coming down the pipeline. What else is coming? That's right, the Oscar special. Whoa! Next week we find out who wins on Hollywood's biggest night. And as we normally do, we're going to do our Oscar uh, prediction special on that Friday. We'll drop that as quickly as we possibly can. And then we'll do our our wrap-up show uh, recorded right after the Oscars end, after whoever wins and whoever gets slapped. So we'll talk all about what happens. Oh, wow. The Oscars. Uh, No one's going to get slapped. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon, yeah. No one's one's made jokes about this. Um, But but it doesn't matter because they have have an Oscar strike force on hand this year. That's right. Nothing could possibly happen. They'll have... Yeah, no, nobody made jokes about this like recently in the last twenty four hours. They'll have they'll have Oscar ninjas on wires coming down to make sure nobody's hitting anybody. Mm, all right, that's right. Back off, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, look at this production design at the Oscars. <laughs> so yeah, Oscar special coming soon. Uh, all right, let's stop this nonsense. So let's oh no, no, there's a little more nonsense because this nonsense is is very much a part of what we do on the show. And if you enjoy it, that means you can go to iTunes. That's right, and find our show. Search for out now with their name. And be like, there is a lot of nonsense here. And then click the rating review tab and be like, oh, I should write about this nonsense. And then you do that. And guess what? We got a rating review. Pop us up something on iTunes chart. That'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. All right. Now let's move on from that nonsense <laughs> to something else. Let's uh let's do some now quickies. Trademark. Each one only one we talk about the week. Trademark. TM. Good. Good. Thank you, Marcus. Abe. Yes. You uh you unfortunately had to miss out last week, so I'm I curious. Uh, I want to know what you know what you saw recently, but did you manage to see Cocaine Bear? You know, I, I agreed with you guys too. <laughs> like I haven't seen anything recently uh, off of the new releases because it's been a busy work week. Hmm. But I, I agree with you guys that it could have been better than perhaps what we got. Like I listened to your episode and I was like, th- they're hitting a lot of the same points that I'm hitting. Which is like it could have been funnier. It could have been like about specifically like just this bear going fucking crazy. Because I was, uh, you you rightfully said, hey, on the trailer talk, you were the most like hesitant or like the most uh-huh. mild of of the of us. And I was like, oh, fucking amazing looking trailer. And I was like, um, it's all right. So, you know, uh, I would say it's kind of just a a t like on on our old scale, it'd be a, a a on TV with trailers kind of movie. So you can kind of just skip around. But nothing else. All right. Yeah. Marcus, how about you? What have you seen recently? Um, I saw a couple of movies. I saw The Strays last week. Uh that's the the Netflix uh <clears throat> movie about a a uh, a light skinned black woman who mm-hmm. uh marries this rich white guy and has kids in this rich white neighborhood, and all of a sudden her black kids from her previous marriage come and try to find her um i made it i think i made it sound better than it is but 
I, I, I know that this movie is getting a lot of hate <clears throat> specifically for the end of the movie, but it is basically like a Jordan Peele ripoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it looks like Accurate. somebody who, who like watched a Jordan Peele movie and said like, I want to use specifically those shots, like that shot and that shot and that shot and let's do a movie. And I have this storyline. The ending is fine. I feel like, yeah, a lot of people are going to be like, you're not supposed to end a movie like that, like technically or whatever, but I thought it was funny. I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be funny, but I was like, oh, it's it's funny. It's- oh, that's funny that they're going to do this or whatever. And I'm just watching it on Netflix and whatever. It's yeah. no, no harm, no foul. And it's like an hour and a half long movie. So I'm not, I'm not really tripping, but I I'd heard that the ending was people didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was fine. It's not like overly clever, but you know, got it. Well, so what do you say? Not bad. Do you like this movie overall? I or? thought it, it's, it's one of those movies. Yeah, it's not. I thought you know what, in the, on its own, it works. It's just like a Saturday night kind of like movie. It's entertaining. It'll get you through. It's not boring at all, uh, which I feared. Um, it's well put together for for Jordan Peele, uh, basically ripoff, uh, and the ending worked for me. Um, I didn't find anything that didn't really like work for me. Um, it's not the best movie in the world, but I could see it as like a, you know, the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. I could see it as like an episode. It's just like a longer episode of that. So I, I pulled a fast one on you, Marcus, because I know you oh, watched no. this movie and I, <laughs> oh, I know no. that you said you liked it. So <laughs> I, I did like it. And so because of that, I also watched this movie because <laughs> I, I saw did, that. It was did on, you... <laughs> I saw that it was on the Netflix charts and I was like, yeah. what is this? And I read the description I'm like, eh, and I promptly stopped looking at the Netflix charts because I don't generally do that anyway. Okay. I don't care what people right. watching. I'll watch whatever the hell I want to watch. Uh, <laughs> you you're, tell in, there. You're, in, you're independent like that, yeah. Exactly. But then <laughs> I saw, I was like, then you guys like, I watch Strays. You know what? I'll go against the grade and say I liked it. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's see what the Strays movie is. <laughs> so oh, I yeah. watched it. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that there are like, there's stuff about it that's like fine. Um, as far as what it, no, it's not horribly put together by any means. It's a well put together movie. Yeah. I just think the script is bad. I think it's a bad story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has so, ideas that it doesn't know how to cash in on, and then it just kind of abruptly stops. And it's like I can admire that if the movie was better, but leading up to that ending, I didn't think it was very good. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I feel the same way that I do about half of those Twilight Zone Jordan Peele Twilight Zones. Like that's I, what the regards seem to be for that. I, I've only I, seen a couple I, I, of those, but yeah. I, I think I liked it better than a lot of people did. I like those Twilight Zones a lot better than a lot of people did. I like this better than I think a lot of, a lot of people did. Uh, I, I agree with you. The script is not good, um, but the direction's not bad. Like there's, there's sequences in there that they needed me to feel tension. And there's like a sequence, a long sequence at the end with like wa- a water faucet yeah, being turned there, on for like a prolonged yeah. period of time. And I'm like, that's so effective. And it lasted like 20 minutes. And I'm like, this is going to get tiresome or like whatever. But I was just like, really like, turn that water off, please. I'm just <laughs> on the edge of my seat. <laughs> See, I, I think the movie needed I, to get, I think the movie needed to get the, to that quicker and like make that yeah. the rest of the movie. Like that's what, that's the better version of that movie. I, I would believe, but I'm not one to tell someone how to make their movie. I just saw the movie I watched and I wasn't a fan. So. Okay. And, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I get it. I get it. It's it. But I, I would you say like if it's something, it's on a Saturday night. You, if you had to, you know, if you had to pick something. between this or like, it's not a boring movie. If you had to pick between this or any number of Ronald Reynolds slash Rock Netflix originals, yes, pick this movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's that's fine. <laughs> if you had to pick between this and Lila Crocodile, 
I don't know. Kind of a toss up. I mean, the one he sings, I guess. <laughs> if you're only watching the Harvey no. Redden parts, then watch Lyle La Cry. No, no. Okay. But like, so, but I mean, at that point, like Sony has their Netflix deal. So I'm like, oh, watch The Woman King. That movie rocks. So yeah, that's go. a great movie. <laughs> For sure. Yes. If you're done watching The Woman King and you well, go on to Strays, <laughs> that's what we're saying. <laughs> go right to Strays. <laughs> no, but I I, just, I feel like there was or, a lot or of wait till really... wait till June when the the movie Strays with the dogs comes out, then watch the Strays afterwards. And be like that was a weird, double feature. Huh, weird double feature. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you seen, Marcus? Okay, so I saw a movie that I actually really really enjoyed um, called Baby Ruby, mm-hmm. um, and it's a psychological horror about a French woman living in America. She's a vlogger, but like a really successful vlogger where she has this big house she has a lot of people working under her she has this perfect life you know she's pregnant kate harrington's her husband you know everybody admires her and they're looking on her blog you know to see when her babies do whatever but when she has this baby baby ruby everything begins to spiral and she starts suspecting that people around her are against her Hmm. and even her baby um and so like and so some could say that this is a story about like what the horrors of having a child. But I, I feel like, and I think a lot of people have said this already, that this is a story about that could be a horror story about postpartum and also a horror story about like the stuff that people, uh, 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 caretakers of infants or uh, people give birth to, to, to babies or, or, you know, what have you, uh, go through and they they can't talk about they're not supposed to talk about um there are sequences in this that where uh uh, um where she's she loses massive amounts of time Mm -hmm. um she sees other people like living their life other mothers living their life wonderfully and she can't seem to function she suspects her baby is like angry with her and i asked the doctor can a baby be angry at me she she suspects her baby's a killer like she has these visions of her baby like killing the entire family like with a knife what um she uh there are sequences in this do we see these visions do we see like a little baby yes oh boy okay we see that aftermath like it's like a snapshot we see like people like dot like whatever it has like a dark comedy undertone to it so it's not like to you know it's very well structured and well put together, um, but we also I I think what it does really well is it is it 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 puts like these questions out there of like can some can somebody be okay with like hating their is it normal to hate your own baby is it normal to whatever there is a sequence in here where she thinks everything is 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 coming in on her and everybody hates her and the mother-in-law has moved in she thinks her mother-in-law is like trying to take the baby away from her mm-hmm. and and whatever um and then they, the mother-in-law comes to her and says hey you know um i when i was when i was raising my child or when i when i had my infant nobody helped me i felt the same way you're feeling i um I wished I got so bad. I wish somebody would come in and take my baby away and just, Hmm. I could go back to normal. And one night I got a knife and I went to the baby's crib and I hovered over the baby. And the the mother is like, no, 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 no. Stop telling me this. I'm already having these thoughts. Stop telling me this. And the mother-in-law goes, you know, this is the problem. We can't talk about this stuff. Like we should be openly 
be able to talk about this stuff. And that's the point of the movie. And that's why I felt like, oh, this is this has some really brilliant under and me, a childless millennial, I I even got it. You know, I yeah, know yeah. a lot of these things were meant for people who have children, right. people who went through this, but I, you know, I I get it. And I, I think that's what it does well. It talks about stuff that that it criticizes the we're not supposed to talk about this kind of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out loud, you know, these thoughts that people might have, this postpartum thought and whatever this was supposed to be swept under the rug so i really i did think it was well put together i admire it's a it's a feature debut uh from uh best wall i believe that's how you say it um but i really really i really really uh uh really enjoyed this movie right where'd you see this yeah uh it was uh uh it was like bod like i got it okay so you sought out a film where you, where people were against the main character, one of your one of your things. What was that? Sorry. You sought out a film where everyone's against the main character. That's like one of your things you just like. Yeah, that's one. Of, that's <laughs> one of my things. I love. It. Also, that's this sounds like a reading double feature with like uh, Resurrection. So. And that yeah, other okay, that film so, you talked yeah, about before, so, uh, All My Friends Hate Me, <laughs> that I that I that I yeah, watched. Yeah, that. <laughs> I would recommend this one too. Um, this one has uh a really like dark comedy sense to it and then it kind of spirals Got but it. it really has a handle on horror like it really does the horror thing it really treats it like we're gonna watch a horror movie and everything that you've seen in like um these movies about like what to expect when you're expecting we're just gonna put a horror slat to it we're gonna we're gonna make horror music behind it we're going to you know um we're gonna do it in 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 this way and see how, how it comes out and it came out really well it came it was kind of like startling yeah all right okay anything else that's it okay i've seen a few things this week that i want to talk about um i saw the strays which i already mentioned uh but Mm -hmm. i also watched guy ritchie's new film operation fortune colon ruse de guerre yeah um i really enjoyed this movie boom Uh, it was notably delayed for about a year which had to do with a couple factors one involving the studio stx um, and the other involving the fact that villains in this movie are Ukrainian and the film wanted to get some distance away mm. from what was going on in Ukraine. Gotcha. Um, now the film has arrived and it's not just a let's dump this off kind of thing. It's a good Guy Ritchie movie. Right. It, it feels like it's combining the kind of the hallmarks of what he's done in the past as far as kind of quick-witted gangster type stuff, even though it's a spy thriller, uh, mixed with what I would assume are like discarded ideas for a man from uncle sequel that he didn't get to make. Mm-hmm. Um, it features Jason Statham as like a super spy um, who's recruit. He has, he like Carrie Elwes is like his, his like handler. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, by the way, Carrie Elwes just being like a good guy in a movie. Nice to see. <laughs> like, it's always, it's always good to see this when it happens. Cause he's always playing like a jerk. Or, or like a secretly <laughs> like serial killer or something like that. No, it's like it's nice to see him like just playing like a dude who's like yeah. has the guy Richie dialogue, gets to trade quips back and forth. Like it's fun to see that. But he uh is guy accent or no accent for for Gary. Everybody has their own accent. It's great. Okay. Except great. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant plays super cockney and it's super fun. <laughs> um like Jason Statham teams up with Audrey Plaza Audrey Aubrey Plaza and uh, Bugsy Malone. Um and, and they have to go on this mission to uh get back some MacGuffin that Hugh Grant might 
be involved with in some way. Mm-hmm. And to do and to do that, they have to recruit Josh Hartnett, who plays an actor named oh, Danny, wow. Danny Francesco, a brilliant name for a movie. That's um, awesome. He, he is playing a famous actor who happens to be Hugh Grant's favorite actor. So they recruit this guy using blackmail, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be sense. like, you got to come with us and do this thing and like befriend Hugh Grant so he can he can like let us in on where this other thing is. And that's it. Like, there's no, okay. like, the plot is so slight in that regard as far as we got to find this thing to stop things from happening. Like, that's the basics of the plot. The rest of the movie is just Guy Ritchie having a lot of fun, this cast having a lot of fun, it being, like, stylish, but not, like, super stylish. Like, it seems like Ritchie held back a bit, mm-hmm. which is kind of welcome because um, it's not, like, overboard with di- directorial, or th- directorial theatrics. It's just about, like, we have a fun script and a fun cast, and let's do yeah. this thing. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm not, not going to say it's Richie's best film, but it's certainly like one of his better films in a while. Better uh, than Wrath of Man. Better than Wrath of Man, which I like. I thought was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better. It's better than his big blockbuster stuff of Aladdin and King Arthur and sure. that other one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> the other. It looks like one. it's like a breezy hour and 54 with the credits. It, it, it's very it's like it's a little too long, but at the same okay. time, it's like it's so much fun <clears> just being with this group. And it's like if there is. If there's like a a world where this would become a franchise, I doubt it just because movies cost a lot. People didn't see yeah. this one. Um, I totally welcome like another like if the uh, Statham's character's name is like or- Orson Fortune or something. Like that. Very like, very good spy name. So each each movie would just be Operation Fortune colon whatever. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it's just fun. I had a really fun time with this movie. Like, and I was very happy because I I tend to root for Guy Ritchie, and it's nice when he delivers. Yeah. On, on I'm gonna need a crossover between this and the uh, the Knives Out world. The nice out world, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're still waiting for our rock and roll sequel. So this is true, but also, where's Toby Kebbell then? I guess doing doing voices for TV. Toby Kebbell is rocketed on Servant with Rupert Grint. There you the, go. The, on Apple, oh. and that show rocks. <laughs> like, I've heard. Yeah, as I've said many times, those two just get to play like British guys who have New York accents, and it's the best <laughs> every week. They're so New York, and it's so much fun <laughs> to hear them talk. <laughs> just like that alone, and the show's like a horror show with a lot of dark comedy. But it's like I kind of want to look up a supercut of this now. <laughs> So. Oh, it'd be great to see because it's yeah. so like it's such a specific voice that they're doing. It's like <laughs> it's like listening to Benedict Cumberbatch do Doctor Strange, except it's entertaining and not like why not like uh, <laughs> yeah. like why are you speaking so slowly, Benedict? <laughs> um, I also watched Inside. Uh, this is a what is this? It's I guess a drama. Be the way to describe it. It stars it stars Willem Dafoe. He plays oh, oh he this plays, movie. Yeah, he plays a thief who is inside of like an art. Ex- exhibits mm-hmm. slash house but it's like more of an art exhibit that happens to be like dressed up as a house uh, and he gets locked inside uh, so he cannot escape this house but like whatever's going off the alarms and the time of year it's at no one's coming to like get him so he's just stuck inside right. Right. and the movie is an hour and 45 minutes of all Willem Dafoe trying to escape this room as well as make do with this like prison he's created for himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I okay. think there is a there is a good idea in here, and a shorter movie would probably be better to compensate for what's Got going it. on. Okay. As it stands, it's just too long, and by the mm-hmm. time it gets to what it's doing, and because it's a you know a focus feature and not a major studio movie, it has this kind of art houseness to it, where it's trying to mean something more than what it just is. Right, but it becomes very obvious. But at the same time, you're like kind of waiting for the thing how to long happen. is it to happen. it's an hour and 45 minutes it's not like super long but it's still like a being a one-man show yeah. with a very straightforward <clears throat> premise that's knocking at yeah. some themes it's like i 
there's a better way i feel like to truncate this and get to sure. what you're going for quicker yeah that said yeah. willem dafoe is great in this like he is by himself and he is doing all he can to show you how good of an actor he is he is very good in this movie so i don't deny that whatsoever but got it just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to do more with the premise hmm. um so yeah okay the last thing i watched um it is a. Uh, the uh, Chris Rock's Selective Outrage. Yeah. The oh, I didn't think live, you were going to talk about it. I watched the it live Netflix special. Did you? Did any of you watch it? Not yeah. live. Not, not which Did you watch it? Not, not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My friends were texting me about it. Um. So this Chris Rock's latest special. Obviously, it's coming after the whole Oscar incident. Um. I got to say, as as you know. I think Chris Rock at his best has put on some fantastic stand-up specials. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. Um, mm-hmm. It's amusing, but I don't think it's anything all of that incisive or right. full mm-hmm. of any kind of critique that's super worthwhile. Like It just feels more like, yeah, he's telling some jokes and he's layering in topical things about the world today, but it's not nearly as sharp as I've seen it be in the past. But yep. who cares about that? Because everyone wants to talk about the slap stuff that he does at the end. Yep. And even that stuff feels like, I wouldn't say he's pulling his punches. There's no pun there. Um, but uh-huh. I do think, <laughs> I think he could have went harder if he really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, was, Really? I think he leaned, I think. He, like, I think. I think he was flailing wildly. Interesting. Flailing? To be honest. Yeah, because, well, uh, I mean. I, mean, I he, think, I think I'm saying like, the same thing as you. I mean, as far yeah, as like, yeah, I, do, yeah. I think no, there's no, no. a, I think there's a more intelligent way he could have attacked that yeah. topic. Uh, but instead he goes for, I think, easy laughs. Uh, he just, yeah, he just calls Jada names. So like, I, I, I'm fine with the, 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 I, I, you know, you know, this was coming or whatever. It just turns into some name calling stuff. And I'm like, I thought it was at a standup show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that, that, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like I'm saying, I think there's a there's that's a what you said. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a way he could have delved into the situation in a way that's both very funny and also right critical in a way that's just sharper. Just you know, just Got more. It. Just yeah. has more to it right. beyond you know things that you'll find on whatever or TikTok and Instagram the next day is bits. Like mm-hmm. it just right. Yeah, he he, I. <laughs> I just found it funny. Like he says at one point, he says like, I'm, you'll never see me complaining or be the victim. And you'll never see me like on Gail King doing whatever. And then he proceeds for the next five minutes to just do a, just <laughs> like do it, do an interview. Mm-hmm. And I, it was, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, that's, that part was just more disappointing than the rest of it. The rest of it was just fine. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm saying this. I think I'm saying the same thing you are. Like, I, I, I bigger and blacker to me is like pinnacle one of the comedy. Pinnacle? Yeah. Like, it's one. It's one of my favorite comedy specials of all time. And I think everything after that was kind of like this whatever. And then he's getting older now, and I feel like he just is doing kind of like, like the same. But his bits remind me of like a George Lopez concert too. Like some of them feel reused. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I mean, I that's think fine. Like, like, like his last one, Tambourine, I thought was really good. That's Yeah, that was he, like after he has, like a good divorce. He, he, he they're, just they're, got, exactly, he just got divorced. He had right. like, they all have like highlights. They all have like these highlight points when I think sure. he's going to be like edgy highlight nuance stuff. And then it just goes back to kind of like, like this one, he does like, uh, he does like these interesting jokes about like pro-life i thought that was uh, he was getting there and then he does like pronoun jokes that i saw like 
on clips from like Fox News. And I'm just like, oh, you're just an old person. Okay. <laughs> That's just like, they're just old, sure. old people jokes. And I'm just like, oh, man, my grandfather says that too. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. But like, it just seems like not creative. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give it but, a go and I'll, I'll get back to you guys, see if you guys are right or wrong. Just tell us uh, the definitive <laughs> answer. For... Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's uh, that's not feedback. Or sorry, that's, that's uh, yeah, not feedback. This is the end that's, of the show. That's not feedback. Great, Mark. Oh, TM. I was going to say the feedback. Yeah. Sorry, I, I I'm checking in with our other guest to see if he's any closer to joining in with us. But we still got yeah. stuff we can do. Um, so let's do that. Let's get to some trailer talk. Uh, we're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it when they're coming out and what have you. And this week, in honor of the belated Black History Month, we have two black horror movies coming <laughs> out this summer yes. that I felt like it's oh, time yeah. to get into. Uh, first up is The Haunted Mansion, and, and then we have The Blackening. The Haunted Mansion is, of course, based <laughs> on the Disney ride, mm-hmm. the second attempt at doing a movie. The second attempt with a black family doing a, a movie based on the Disney ride. All right. Um, and this is from director Justin Simeon. Uh, of Dear White People and Bad Hair. Um, it stars Lakeith Stanfield, Rosario Dawson, Tiffany Haddish, and honorary black people, Dane DeVito and Owen Wilson. Um, apparently, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> along with, along with yes. Jamie Lee Curtis and Jared Leto as like, I think things you'll recognize from the Haunted Mansion sure. ride. Yeah. Uh, obviously being Disney, it is more of a kids-friendly horror comedy, uh, but that's certainly what it's going for. Um and that and that's taken and, that, and of course we have the other one is the blackening. Uh, this is adapted from a short uh, made uh, developed by an improv group. Um, it's directed <laughs> by Tim Story, um, a director who I have thoughts on, um, and not mm-hmm. all of them are very positive. Um, but it features a variety of uh, various you know funny people. Um, very uh, very very comedians. Uh, you you have Jay Farrow, Jermaine <laughs> Fowler. Uh, Melvin Gregg from uh, American Vandal, right. uh, Yvonne Orji from uh, Insecure, uh, among others. Um, and this one involves uh, basically a group of black characters who are in a, what seems to be, you know, in a cabin in the woods and things start to go bad um, for whatever reason. And the right. film is more of a satire that goes around the idea of what happens to black people in horror movies. So. With that said, with those with both films described, Marcus, I want to go to you. Between the two of these, yeah, which is the more appealing enterprise? Uh, um, I you know you know that's a okay. Um, I would say Haunted Mansion just because I like Justin Simeon. I never saw the Eddie Murphy one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Disneyland one time. Uh, I don't even know if I went on the Haunted Mansion ride, so I'm guessing I didn't. Jeez. Um, catch yeah, up on I'm, life I'm here, a, Marcus. I'm a, I'm a downer. You know, <laughs> can't you just never, keep going to Great America. You, you, you remember you hung out with me once and you never wanted to do it again. Remember that? Um, so I'm... <laughs> this is no, I, not I, the case. I would really wish any opportunity to spend time with Marcus. <laughs> Marcus all games go play Robinson. <laughs> no, uh, but that's the one I'm more interested in um I, because i know the blackening is just gonna be bad and maybe if it's fun it's fun for like two seconds i'll say this the blackening it premiered at tiff last year and got some good reviews uh, did so, it yeah it looks i i mean it looks like it's one wayne's brother away from being a scary movie or a can't haunted say house that out loud. <laughs> or a haunted house yeah exactly yeah. so like uh, we shouldn't put this into the universe 
<laughs> it looks like it's what it, it, it looks like but even from the commercials it looks like it's just like low-hanging fruit jokes um there's like a dmx joke i'm like i'm like when 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 what did when is when was this made i uh it looks like there's one gimmick that's gonna carry this movie the entire way uh there's gay jokes uh there's an entire gay character like is this like uh uh undercover when was undercover brother made 2002 you know what i'm saying like when what year is this so i don't i don't know it just seems like it's gonna be not even so bad it's good but just like bad and then we're gonna get jay farrow doing like a denzel washington impression (laughs) (laughs) you know so sure yeah but at least justin simi i i not only I'm a big fan of of dear white people like the concept of whatever, but I think it's a really great, uh, uh, well directed movie. So I I I look forward to uh, what he does with, right? with his direction. So, all right, Abe, where are you between these two? <laughs> it is uh, two points for the Honda Mansion. Uh, I'm also in the same boat as Marcus, which is. I'm curious to see what they're going to be able to do. Sure, it's a Disney property. Sure, it's going to be more family friendly. But I was not expecting Lakeith Sandfield to be the lead uh, in this movie. Um, and let's see what happens. Uh, everything that Marcus said about uh, the blackening, I agree with. I saw the trailer before Creed 3. And uh, sure, there are some laughs. But at the same time, it, it seems like it's... it's. I hope that it, it actually drives into... Uh, probably more of like the horror element of things uh, and makes it more of like a less like less of a parody movie and more of like an actual just like good scary movie with like laughs in it but you know I I am curious to see what's going to happen with the Honda Mansion I did watch the Eddie Murphy one back in the day and it's it's fine like that one's very like rated G kind of thing Um, but the ride is fun at Disneyland like that's probably one of the best rides at Disneyland is going to oh, see everybody. I didn't, I didn't go on the. I didn't go on that the. Is, best that one. is that is that is very correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm curious to see how you know they employ elements of this. You mentioned Jared Leto, and the first thing I thought of was like he probably gained thirty pounds and is is playing like the guy <laughs> who like pulls the lever for your ride to start going through the uh the the rooms. So who knows? He he plays the hat box ghost. That's exactly who I thought he was going to play. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you, Aaron? <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, I here's the thing, I, I the 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 fact that it's a the blackening is a smaller movie that premiered at TIFF last year, um that gave me some hope as far as well it's not going for like the mainstream appeal it's just mm-hmm, being more right. like this is a thing that has a small you know a less um less well known cast of comedians doing a thing based around horror movies. My issue there is the the poster really messes with me because <laughs> it says yeah. we can't all die first and now as much as i'm well aware of the treatment of non-white people in very forms of genre films i'm also very aware that the idea that the black person dies first in horror movies is as a myth um it is not a very prevalent thing uh and so so and because i stick up for that so much i look at this poster i'm like damn it this is gonna bring that back into the conversation mm-hmm. that we pissed off it's all an over old again. myth too it's an old yeah it yeah. is and so i sit there and i'm like well if you can't even get the poster right how how knowledgeable are you about the rest of the horror genre <laughs> which i get very sure. persnickety about mm-hmm. um so persnickety word of the day and you have director Tim Story, 
And it's like, on the one hand, I can very much celebrate Tim Story being a, a black director who's launched several franchises to uh, varying forms of success. Right. On the other hand, I, he doesn't make very good movies. <laughs> like he, as much as I like to stick up for like those Fantastic Four movies as being yeah. like, oh, they're fun. Um, yeah. I don't like a good majority of his films. Yeah, Canardo, <laughs> you with you there. So it's like, gosh, there is. I like the idea of a movie called The Blackening that's a satire on black people in horror right. films, but this just there's too many strikes against it as far as getting me amped up for it. Sure. On the other hand, Haunted Mansion looks great, honestly. Like this, this looks like a movie that might be on like one of my more anticipated movies as far as mainstream summer wow. movies great. Uh, go. Because I, <laughs> I really I really like Dear Black People. I agree with you, Marcus, that it's a very well directed film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been wanting to see what Justin Simeon would do, you know, next, even he's been doing the Netflix TV series version of Dear White People, and he directed Bad Hair, which mm-hmm. I wasn't huge on. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna combine this guy with like whatever Disney's doing, that that at least shows me like there's a choice being made. Yeah. It's like because if you're making a haunted mansion movie, it's like that, you know, you're already it already feels like you're limiting yourself to some degree. But when you mm-hmm. when you grab somebody like a Gore Verbinski for Pirates or Justin Simeon, someone that has a very specific voice yeah. that gets me interested mm-hmm. that makes me think oh yeah. Disney's like wanting to do something interesting with this mm-hmm. and th- with this cast which yeah it's pretty great <laughs> like and what I'm seeing in this trailer this looks like something interesting as far as combining kids horror which we like I I, I think we're big fans of kids horror we on are podcast, yeah we, we like to like scare monster, kids like Monsters House and the, <laughs> the Goosebumps bo- the, the movie. Goosebumps movie yeah, uh, yeah. Like, there, there's yeah. a lot of like I like seeing gateway horror type stuff like this. So right. yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I I really, I want to root for whatever this is supposed to be. Like I, I, I want this to be good. Well, which one comes out first? So the blackening arrives on, on a, I believe Juneteenth weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Oh yeah, my uh, God. Yeah. It, it comes out, it comes out uh, June 16th. Okay. Uh, so it's the week. It's specifically the weekend on, on Juneteenth. Got it. Um, which is, that's amusing. Uh, the Haunted Mansion arrives later in the summer, July 28th. Uh, wow. Summer. Okay. End of July. Yeah. End of July. Exactly. So got two movies there. looks like we're all kind of rooting for the Haunted Mansion and the Blackening. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's kind of where we're. If it was a, if it was the blackening, a Spike Lee joint, I would be more. <laughs> or even if it was like Malcolm, if it was like Malcolm Dealey, I'd be interested. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah, director yeah, of Undercover yes, Brother. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the yes, best yes. man, and the best man yeah. holiday, yeah. and the best yeah. man final chapters. <laughs> Those are good movies you're you're naming. <laughs> I like Mike. I yeah. like Malcolm Dealey. He he does straight line doubles. Uh, uh, yeah go sports ball and uh you know delivers the goods uh all right all right that's trailer talk let's uh i was like waiting for some jingle we don't have for trailer (laughs) (laughs) register trademark we have have some established noise that we make when i say trailer ring ring (laughs) we have so many (laughs) noise we make on this podcast (laughs) we're that trailer talk noise we've been doing for 13 years 20 years yeah (laughs) All right, let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to our main review for Creed Three. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This is built on their shoulders. Man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? 
Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two? I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. Man, I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this to nothing. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Why does somebody else live your life? I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? All right. That should have been some of the trailer for Creed 3 in 2015. Ryan Coogler follows up his impressive debut, Fruitvale Station, with Creed, a spin-off of the Rocky franchise. It's a huge success for all involved, including Sylvester Stallone, who scores an Oscar nomination. Creed 2 arrives in 2018, with director Stephen Capel Jr. taking over, and manages to pull off the seemingly silly premise of having the son of Apollo Creed take on the son of Ivan Drago. Now we have Creed 3, the directorial debut of Michael B. Jordan. Then this time around, Donnie is getting a blast from the past, as Jonathan Major's Damian Dame Anderson plays an old friend who's been serving time for close to two decades and now wants to have his chance to become the heavyweight champion he had always aspired to be. Retired and raising a family, Donnie will have to step back into the ring if he wants to take on a friend who has made some dark decisions to get ahead. Marcus, I want to know, where have you been with the Creed film? So what do you think of this one? With the with the Creed the three the the yeah the where, where, what's your what's your general like thoughts them. on the Creeds? Yeah. I love I loved the I loved the first one. Uh the second one I thought was good. I I I had no complaints. I I did I I agree with you. It's silly premise, but it gets pulled off. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, um, I knew that what I knew going in was it was going to be uh, no Sylvester Stallone, and it was going to be Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. So I was kind of just more curious going into this on right. how everything would kind of pan out. Um, and I feel like the story here is strong enough to stand independently. And also with the inclusion of uh, an antagonist like uh, Jonathan Majors, it allows Creed three to stand up as as with the other ones with it to stand to stand side by side with them. Um, it is uh, 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 like a refi- retired fighter kind of like forced to come back one last time story. It's like the story that we've seen done multiple times especially like the rocky franchise this has been done multiple times um but it's so it's a strong story it has formulaic formulaic beats but they seem like nostalgically appropriate here um and it and it what that resulted is in is an engaging uh 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 watch experience with a uh a, a, a really uh a, 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 a an effective final battle sequence you know mm-hmm. um but I think what really elevates this elevated this movie for me to oh, above something that's just simply like a Rocky versus Mr. T remake is the two leads. Um, you know, you have uh, Michael B. Jordan having to take like this elder statesman role, like basically taking like the Rocky role. And he gives one of his most grown up performances of his career. And you have Jonathan Majors, who essentially outshines him, um, who elevates the kind of like the standard 
Rocky franchise pro, uh, antagonist. He 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 plays it as something almost like a boxing equivalent of like funny enough like Killmonger, where he asks us to. He's a villain on paper, but he asks us to kind of like he demands that we sympathize with his character. We understand the motivations of his anger and where he's coming from. Um, and it's fun to watch that, that play out. They get so much time together on screen. And then that was really fun. And 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 uh, uh, that goes to the direction, which I think uh, Michael B. Jordan, I think he does a really good job in it. And that's when I say that, it's more than just him putting together solid camera angles for boxing choreography. I think he really has something to say here. And I think as, as the movie presses forward, um, he does this like, he, it's clear that he has some some very creative and almost like interpretive dance inspired visuals that he wants to like put out there about like that that uh, display like uh, uh, unresolved black trauma in men specifically, um, and he does it and he does it really well, and so yeah, I, I give him that. I mean, the there's some pacing issues which I thought was you know a first time director whatever he seems sometimes it kind of drags a little bit and then and it notices that it drags and it speeds up too quickly um but that none of that prevents it from being like a super entertaining accomplishment and i guess hot take the absence of sylvester sloan was to win unnoticed by me and i honestly think that um him not being in these in this movie helped the story um you asked me about the last two, um, this is my last point, but you asked me about the last two creeds um, and the second one when I, I rewatched it. And the issue that I had with that one was that this, the Balboa storyline and the um, the Jordan Tessa Thompson storyline are so separate that I feel like it was, it, it's just a struggle to balance them and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And so I feel like without him in there, they could streamline this. You could tell a complete story and I feel like it worked. Well, yeah, we certainly want to touch on the Stallone stuff more as well, but let's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good point to make. But before we get to what Abe and I felt about the film, we do have our third, our second, third, our second, third. third creep film. Our second guest finally showed up here. We have now joining right. us from the movie film podcast and writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. It's Zachy. Don't call him a novice. He's read comics for years. Hassan. Woo! Hello, Zachy. <laughs> hey. I, I was, I was almost like Sylvester Stallone in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Referenced only by name, but not by presence. <laughs> Well, Zachy, I'm gl glad to have you here, and we don't have time to know how you're doing. We want to hear what you thought of these Creed movies. We've had you on for Creed 1 and Creed 2 because you're a big fan of the Rocky franchise. We're well aware of this, so now we have Creed 3, and I want to know what did you think of, of Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut? Oh, man. I, I First of all, very confident, uh, very comfortable. Like I mean, he, he, he knows the character. He knows the world, so it's a perfect way for him to uh, make his uh, presence felt behind the camera in this way. Uh, but above and beyond that, I, I think that it's a perfect progression for the character uh, based on where we left him and how much real world time has passed. And just to, just to uh, pick up on, on the point that was previously made, I, 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 I mean, I did miss 
that's uh, uh, Rocky in this because uh, you know it, it, this is the Rocky this is the Rocky lineage. But I, I it was it was definitely something where uh, his his absence was such that I think his presence would have called more attention to itself than his absence, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think there was really room for anything but a cameo from him, and in that sense. It, this, this is where the story's at. Like Rocky's over there. He's like in. He's either in Philly or Vancouver. Where the hell he left? We left him the last one. You know, Adonis is over here in L.A. And he. This is this is a story that happens to not intersect with Rocky. That doesn't mean that we can't get a Rocky story at some point. But uh, the the interweaving of of Dame as this. You know, I I, I was telling my wife. I was like, he's this Dame Anderson is like this interesting merger of Tommy Gunn mm-hmm. and Clubber Lang mm. plus just bags of charisma which Jonathan Majors has and you get this really interesting Rocky uh, uh, or rather Creed nemesis you know so that that the the entire journey we go on with the character culminating in without spoiling anything an ending uh, that we've never gotten in a Rocky movie I don't think you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, just uh, something really special. I mean, there's there's definitely room for more Creed stories. I love the character, but if this is the end, we got a great trilogy. You know, I'm happy to tap out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I hear this, uh, and I'm not saying you're doing this, I was, but I've heard this as far as like it's a great trilogy, as if like we're done, and it's like this movie just debuted to nearly sixty million dollars. Oh yeah, the, we're, the we're definitely of, not done. The best <laughs> of the Creed films. It's got great reviews. Michael B. Jordan is not exactly about to lose all this weight <laughs> it's like, I, feel like, I, I think he's pretty yeah. happy being being creed right now so i, I right. you know if, if sly's making five rockies i think jordan's gonna make five five creeds as well at this point wow. so i i, I i'll be rockies. very happy i'll be six yeah, yeah. right six, I, see, I, I forgot about you six rockies Jeez, that was your, your favorite monologue rainbow sunshine and rainbows yeah, well such a rainbows <laughs> Um, I, I have that whole monologue on a Rocky mug that wow. home. my oh, partner wow. got for me. He got it, it is, for me. It is good life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't see the enthusiasm dying down as far and, you know, be given, given all the drama between Stallone and producer Erwin Winkler. Right. Winkler is certainly like, yeah, we're making more Rockies. You see the money I'm making. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope they work it out. I really do. Like, I, I think yeah, that's yeah. All that bad blood, you know, for some perspective for the listener. Yes. The, you know, whether or not Stallone was ever going to be in this story, a big part of it very likely has to do with the fact that he and producer Erwin Winkler, who owns the rights to Rocky, mm-hmm. do not get along. Yeah. Uh, they are at, at at odds ends with each other as far as their treatment of the character and the franchise and what they want to do about this whole thing. Stallone feels he deserves to have control over what's going on with right. Rocky or whatnot. And while Link was like, put money, guys. Do you have you heard of it? So I don't know. I want to make drugs. That was literally his argument. <laughs> Him and his sons apparently they yeah. are very uh they have their own thoughts in that like, I mean yeah. when 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 you think about it, like for for uh Winkler, this is like the best case scenario yeah. where he I mean it's like the broccolis, you know, that he has managed to disconnect mm-hmm. the franchise from the star right yeah so i mean you know could sylvester stallone have even envisioned in the 80s when he was flying high with these movies one day i'm not going to be necessary for rocky well that day is now here and he's having to grapple with that yeah well at least he owns rambo so (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) best one was the first one so okay so abe let's get to you now what are 
What are your thoughts on on Creed three? Uh. I, I really liked it. I didn't think it was super like a masterpiece, like the way that uh, Creed is a modern masterpiece, the first one. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And I had a lot of questions around Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut as well, because I think when we talked about the trailer, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be really interesting to see like Michael B. Jordan going up against like a real actor like uh, like Jonathan Majors. And Michael B. Jordan holds his own. But I mean, Jonathan Majors is like destroying yeah. every second that he's on the screen like with, with Zach you mentioned like his charisma but also like his eye acting like a lot of pathos there tons of like you know uh, body acting which is I thought was incredible um, but as far as like the, the story goes I it was a it's a very natural progression here I also got whiffs of Rocky Five with Tommy Gunn kind of just like the Street Fighter guy coming in and kind of wanting a chance to be a fighter and, and Rocky taking a chance on him um, obviously, Mike B. Jordan's uh, Adonis Creed character is not uh, destitute like Rocky is in Rocky Five, but there, there for reasons was... that totally make sense. Yeah, I mean he's better at managing <laughs> his money, and his wife is a music producer. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think there is also a really uh, strong element of um, like Michael B. Jordan's Adonis character kind of like takes a back seat to everything too. Like this almost becomes like this this Damian uh, Diamond Anderson type of uh showcase to some degree and it might have been a better showing of like uh Jonathan Majors coming out as like a, a major character than than when he came out as uh um Ang. You know, Hank, yeah in, in Ant-Man which is like oh this is a better villain origin story and I feel so much more for this yeah. person like what Marcus was saying about like well there was like some some uh you know the way that Kugler did um Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Um so there's some conflict there. Um so on the whole like it's a really entertaining movie i think some of the knocks i kind of have on are that some of the fighting sequences i know that jordan uh is a big fan of anime but some of them are, are less um coherent than the way that that uh kugler directed it and the way that i forget the second director's name stephen cable jr stephen cable jr directed it so it's a little bit more there's a little more uh editing going on and more cuts so it's a little bit less like fluid and flowy but I mean, as like a character development story goes, this is a really good progression. And again, like we just talked about it, but if this was the final part of it, there's a really it kind of does tie up with a bow. It's like I I did everything. I I and you know, everything that was asked of me. And I like that they are taking into account that Adonis Creed is aging. You know, there's progression in all the characters here as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I thought it was like a really good movie. Um and people were cheering in their seats. Yeah. Uh, so, so dad's movie corner. Yes. Uh, he really enjoyed this movie. Right. Uh, we've, awesome. seen, we've seen all the creeds together. Um, and yeah, he was he was a fan. That said, um, not the best theatrical experience watching it. And I'll say why. Um, as a critic, I get offered press screenings. And I, I chose not to go to the press screenings for this film because they're offered in very small screening rooms. And meanwhile, MGM's been like, Michael B. Jordan shot this on IMAX. And I'm like, well, why am I going to see it in a tiny screening room? So my dad and I went <laughs> to an IMAX screening that was happening. It was like a streaming live event because the LA premiere was happening. And so they did like they had it in different theaters. So we went to an IMAX theater, but it wasn't a real IMAX. It was one of those fake converted IMAXs. <laughs> and it was one of and it was one of the bad ones, no less too. Oh, no. So the sound wasn't good. It was bad. It was bad sound. And it was very unfortunate because you know, the, I mean, the IMAX stuff looks great, but it'd be yeah. nice to hear it well. I saw it again yesterday with my little yeah. girlfriend. We went and saw Creed 3. 
in an RPX for Regal. Not quite IMAX, but still uh-huh. the sound was great. I was going to swear. There was great. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very rewarding to see it that way. With all of that in mind, I say this because I really wanted to see Creed 3 again because I really liked it. Um, I hey. think this is a very consistent franchise. Um, regardless of which one's the best, like, even though I think Creed is the best as far as these three films go, it's not like there's a whole ton of difference from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I think these are very consistent movies as far as giving us these characters progress. Like you guys have said, you've all made points that I agree with. Like making this make you know make a level of sense from an organic standpoint, showing the growth of these characters, giving us opponents that make something feel like it fits in the realm of this universe like one of the biggest movie miracles is that creed 2 makes sense that it's a movie that pays off the idea of ivan drago's son is going to fight creed that is not a movie that should work that should be the corniest thing <laughs> since rocky 4 uh and yet here we are with the movie that's like dolph Lundgren's getting one of the best performances he's yeah. of his career and yeah. then and florian what's his face is like a really just beast of a fighter like mm-hmm. that movie shouldn't have worked and it did now this movie comes along and it's like this is good too and i i don't know what's edging them out it doesn't really matter but it's like the fact that creed 2 works as well as it does is like well <laughs> that's that that feels like it gets the but whatever like i just really like this movie like as far as what it's doing with um with dame and with adonis i think sure. the the drama between these two characters is really well constructed uh i think it really gets you into the mindset of why adonis would feel a level of guilt but also the movie does enough to be like well but why and if things were different it could be worse for you or compared to like there's so much like interesting duality at play as far as these two characters are concerned sure um i do think jordan steps up to do what he needs to do to come against majors both physically as well as as an acting standpoint like i certainly we like michael b jordan on this podcast he's been we've been a fan of his for a long time yeah vince uh, where's wallace um but <laughs> you named you named the wire not named Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever he is on parenthood you know yeah. um, but um, but um, I I do think he he does like I Mark as you said I think he gives a real good adult performance here as a as a person that ha- now has everything and that he feels he's earned as opposed to you know the drama he was going through in the first two creeds uh, and I really like what he's bringing to this performance and bringing it to different characters and how we've seen them evolve as well with Bianca and mm-hmm. uh, Wood Harris's character and what have you but then you have Jonathan Majors here who is yes he's obviously excellent and you know like I said a few weeks ago of Ant Man. Yes, I get that he's good, but it still felt like he's just playing with his arm tied behind his back. Like he, he that's not a hard performance for him to pull off. This is like mm-hmm. him doing the stuff I want to see Jonathan Majors do in like major studio movies. I think he's so good here. Yeah. Exactly what you guys have all said as far as the way he's using his face, the way he's using his body, the way yeah. he's moving and, and interacting in the scene. There's so much good stuff with this guy. And it's why I I I really like what this character is as far as how it's formed compared to something like Clubber Lang or Tommy, Tommy Machine Gun. Mr. T is great in Cl- Rocky 3, no yeah. doubt, yeah. but I have issues with that movie. It's why I put it fairly low in the Rocky rankings because I don't think there's much depth to him beyond what he's doing there mm-hmm. where there's an opportunity to. Tommy Machine Gun, whatever. It's, it's a character. Sure. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think this movie does it, it is combining kind of elements of both of those characters and doing something more with it because it's a more nuanced role there. And there's that's thanks to both majors ability and this script, which I think is pretty solid. Like yeah. it does a good job of presenting this character from the past and making that work within the realm of this universe and all that stuff. So like all that's good. 
then the direction of this movie is quite impressive. I agree with you, Zachy. I think it's a very confident directorial debut. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt that Jordan's worked with a number of very good directors, um, but like it's great here. Like I like the effort put into making it kind of stylish. There's some really cool, like even before the fights, there's like there's a great like double shot of like Majors and Jordan on like opposite sides of the room, and there's a wall between them, and there's different colors. It's like there's yeah, all right, there's planning here. I like this. I like what I'm seeing. Uh, I. You know, there. I can't. I imagine it's a fairly modest, modestly budgeted film, but it still like uses what it has to make the make show the work. Essentially, yeah. we get the montage, we get the stuff. It makes it feel like a Rocky film, but also one that feels like it has someone's voice behind it. And I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. And then you do have the fights. And Abe, I can agree with you as far as I don't think the fights are as epic as some of the best fights in this franchise. But I think that final fight, which has the most anime influence. Mm-hmm. Given that, that we've was had, great. given that we've had eight Rocky films before this, it's like, yeah, let's do something different. And I like that it does. I like the choices it makes as far as doing something unique within this yeah. franchise as far as how to show a boxing match. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's just stuff all over this thing that I really enjoyed. And uh, yeah. I'm very happy that we continue this franchise going in a direction that has just been really compelling the whole way through for the past, you know, since 2015 doing these movies. Yeah. Rocky Four Protocol, New Orleans. Uh, uh, no i i as i was watching this movie i was also thinking like oh man like oh i don't know who wrote this but it seems like it's very coherent and it's going along pretty well and you sit for the credits and it's like oh it's written by ryan coogler's brother and the story credit by ryan coogler so that actually again speaks to everybody saying like it's a very cohesive story and, and yeah, it uh, is. to its credit, Zach Balin, who wrote Zach Balin, uh, yeah. who wrote um, um, um King Richard, which yes, was King an Oscar Richard, right. Oscar nominated for its screenplay. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he also has a story credit, but and and screenplay credit. But yeah, um, again, there's a lot of people that are familiar with this. So Zachy, again, just echoing your sentiment about you know, Coug- or uh, Michael B. Jordan knows this character. He knows the story. He knows where they're trying to take it, and that is a huge benefit. And I think that, you know, if you are going to make a franchise like this, um, it really helps to be able to speak in that voice. Cause even Michael B. Jordan making some choices on his own there, like early on with the flashback sequence, choice of music, choice of the way that he's shooting it. It is like in his own tone, but also again, it still fits with what I'm expecting out of a great movie. Hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, oh, 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 to the anime point, cause it's all I can think of about um that was a good point i've I'd never i've never realized it until and i'm, I'm now i've been playing back the the, the fight sequence yeah there's a shot mentioned where, like yeah there's a shot where they both hit each other straight out of naruto like yeah just, and also like yeah, yeah. No, no 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 but i mean he's sure. actually in an interview so it's not an original idea marcus but okay oh i was like oh yeah wow no by good bjorn's like he watches anime like every day or something so okay yeah no 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 i i i, I I, you never, you never saw right. the you never saw the Goku tattoo on his back in all the Creed movies. <laughs> oh God! What was that? That was true. It's just it's an enormous tattoo. It's like Danny Trejo's tattoo on his chest, except it's on Michael Drew Jordan's back. That's yeah, that makes sense. That's amazing. <laughs> he hides it well. <laughs> yeah, like he's got to go through like four hours. No, but it, if 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 that is his choice and that that is his his voice, then I I I'm I'm giving him kudos to the fact that he fit that into a Creed film and made it seem natural and made me not even question it. I didn't even, my mind didn't even go there. 
um i haven't seen any of the interviews or anything so yeah and i I equated that last sequence honestly i equated that last sequence almost to like an interpretive dance Mm -hmm. uh what i would what i would see to uh, like you know whatever but now that you're saying anime yeah for sure that's sure this is you know straight out of like dragon ball z or something but you know uh uh, more power to him because i'm interested to see what he does in the future because of what what he did here yeah one more thing I want to point out about Majors, and then I want to talk about like the other characters in this film. Um, mm. I, I I really like that he nailed the Crenshaw accent. Like that's such a it's <laughs> it like because I know how Jonathan Majors <laughs> talks at this point. So like yeah yeah, watch hearing him be very not just L.A. but like specifically like from the hood. It's like th- there's real work being done. <laughs> like make sure he's he seems like a guy that's like naturally from a certain part of the world. That I was like, this is impressive. Like, there's a very, there's a very sure. specific speech pattern going on here, given what I've seen of majors. It's not Kang, that's for sure. <laughs> so, but uh, let's talk about the other people in this movie. We, you know, obviously we have majors in Creed, and we have um, Tessa Thompson back as Bianca. Uh, we have a number of people here still. We have Wood Harris back. We have Felicia Rashad back. We have the mm-hmm. the daughter now played by Mila Davis Kent, an actual deaf actress who's playing a deaf uh, their deaf daughter yeah um among other you know some other surprises i would say would were there any like stand or like just notable things you want to mention as far as yeah, the? uh I, I just wanted to shout out uh mila davis kent uh, i thought that that dynamic in the movie was really really well done um i didn't expect that much of it in the movie but every time that they were together on screen i my, my heart oh. felt you know warm and fuzzy um, because that's a really good relationship that they've got going there and you know i'm a sucker for like fathers and daughters and sons in movies so it was really cool that they were able to a use uh, uh sign language in the movie but then also again for extended periods of time yeah and something that's organic in the film given that the very first time we get creed bianca's established as having a hearing issue and they yes. like naturally they have a child and it's carried over in a way that doesn't feel like we're throwing something in here, not as if that'd sure. be terrible, but it's like, oh no, it fits within the realm of things. I just wanted to echo what what uh, what Abe was saying um, with the with the uh, the sign mm-hmm. the sign language, and it was done so naturally, and it was put in. It wasn't like made into a thing, and yeah, it had been established before in in in, in multiple uh, movies, but even if it hadn't, it they go okay we're we're just gonna we're, we're signing now we're signing yeah. for the next five minutes we're gonna sign and then we're gonna move on with the story and you know for this point in time this point in time this point in time we're gonna sign because it makes logical sense in the movie and i i did really enjoy that um i i think for for me uh one thought i did have is that tessa thompson uh is sort of in the thankless uh, talia shire in movies three and four Yes. <laughs> you know, slot, uh, not not a, sure. a ton to do other than you know being the supportive wife. Um, she's, she's great. Very patient. <laughs> very patient with Donnie in this <laughs> yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, the, the other thought I had is uh, I really enjoyed uh, Felicia Rashad's performance, but mm-hmm. I was also you know I, I I whispered to my wife I was like oh she's the Mickey in this movie you know. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the the role it's like oh it's the third movie somebody close to him has to die and so i did have this thought of like well i'm kind of glad rocky's not in this one so that they don't slot rocky into that because mm. <laughs> uh, i have to admit i'm like you know as long as we don't see rocky he's living he, it's like taking <laughs> you know taking sparky upstate you're like he's on the farm somewhere you know yes, like, yeah. <laughs> as long as rocky's off screen he's just living at the you don't want to 
You don't want a movie where he the first opening sequence he's coughing. Well, <laughs> recall re- <laughs> re- when we saw when we talked about Scre- uh, Scream Creed Two. My I was so worried during the early parts of Creed Two because of the way they framed him. It seemed like is Creed the only one talking to Rocky? Does that mean he's a ghost? Oh like, no! Is he dead the whole- <laughs> like that was where my head was at because I'm like, for a good chunk of the movie, he's not interacting with anyone except Creed. So I'm like, yeah. are they going to try to pull a twist ending on me where Rocky's been like dead the whole time? And oh, wow! Like- <laughs> but we're <laughs> bold. Fortunately, it's and like, watch it again, you'll see. Like, there's a there's not a lot of interactions until later on, and like then it finally happened. Like, oh good, it's not going to be the thing. So thank you. <laughs> He's still alive. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I I saw somebody on Twitter. I think earlier today was like, it's obvious that Rocky dies at the end of Creed two two. What? I was like, what, what? in the no. world? Like, that's first not the of, I was like, at all of that movie. <laughs> I was like, first of all, you shut your, your filthy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, I was like, what movie? What do you mean it's obvious? Obvious to who? You know? Yeah. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I, my, my point is like, I think I think the way they wove in Felicia Rashad's character, uh, uh, her, her actions that she took, and then uh, her death feels very natural. And I mean, God, what a what a heart-wrenching, beautiful moment where she's looking mm-hmm. at Adonis. She sees Apollo. Oh my God, it was oh, lovely. Yeah. It's such a great, great moment, you know. Yeah, she has a couple of those. Which when when Adonis is yelling at her, yeah, that those were yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good acting all around. Uh, also, shout out Wood Harris. I mean, yeah. Wood Harris has to. He's got to play like the um, exposition guy in this movie, but he also is the guy that like has his head on his shoulders and kind of kind of coaching Donnie and being like, hey, by the way, like, you don't know this guy anything. And also, like, why are you bringing in, like, a street fighter to, like, you know, this professional boxing gym? Like, we're not people that give handouts here. Um, and so, it, it, Wood Harris playing a, you know, a pretty solid dude. Uh, and he's even got some funny lines. So, shout out Wood Harris. I, I think he's good here, too. I like that he's given more to do just by necessity because sure. it's like, well, you have, have a trainer, so he, obviously he has a role in all of this. And But I like that it's for one thing, yes, he is he's Wood Harris. He's a good actor. But also, like, I like that the world of Creed, like, exists. And I mean that as far as, you know, when you, you beat boxers, it doesn't mean they're done for the war. Like, that they're still around, right? So yeah, yeah. you have, you know, Wood Harris is here, but you have, like, Little Drago comes back again. That's and right. Pretty Ricky Conlon's around again. And yeah. it's like there's all these cameos and, like, or even... I mean, Drago's like, he's like a co-star of this movie. Like he's in the film. Yeah. Um, it's like, so it's like, this is nice. I like that. Like we've, we've done enough confident work in the first two films to be like, yeah, we could have them come back. Why, they, it's not like they'd be gone. It's not like they hate each other. Like they could go yeah. back. It's so I like that. they like the, the world of this film makes sense. Much like Rockies where like Apollo's always around until, you know, he's not, uh, but like in the third and the fourth. They're all movie, in the damn town. Because it's, yeah, because it's like. Why would Apollo be gone? Like he's still a major factor right, in the boxing yeah. world, presumably. It's not like he just disappear, disappear. So like, no, I, I like that this film like knows what to do. Like it, it makes good use of what it has, yeah. and that's in a way that doesn't feel like non-organic or just like rushed in. It's not like people are like, oh, they just flew in Drago to make us all cheer. It's like, no, it's just why would he not? He's a boxer. Why would he not be yeah. around? He's like, so that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's that's cool details like that. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of like neat stuff that's on the periphery that I enjoyed. There's things like the trunks that these guys are wearing and like little things that it probably means to their characters where it's not explained, but like it's just there in the production design. Like there's just choices being made. And that's just 
a lot of stuff I really like. I like that there's like an identity to this this set, this set of movies. Yeah, uh, that, you know, distinguishes it from the Rocky franchise, but also gives you know purpose uh, beyond just we're doing another one because we felt like it. Like there's yeah. just stuff there, and that's what I, I really agree. appreciate. Um, just a few uh, little uh, details that I really liked. Uh, I like when people actually eat movies, and I know that it's <laughs> a lot because you don't have to do multiple takes, and you might be eating like fifty thousand French fries in one day. But it looked like Michael B. Jordan is actually eating that French fry. Well, it helps uh, that they have to pack on the carbs for these roles. So I think that's actually a great yeah, point. It's probably good that they have to yeah. eat during these movies. <laughs> and the same scene, they're actually drinking water out of the cups because yeah. they're clear cups. <laughs> so, so I guess, Aaron, to your point, they've got to hydrate and they've got to get carbs in. They saved the Hennessy sponsor of this film for the nights. That's yeah, without well, that, that, that would definitely look like iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> a classic Hollywood go-to. So. Uh, what do you guys think of like the flashback stuff and like young Donnie and young Cre- and young um Dame? I thought it was effectively um, used. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked how. I mean, I I thought that when it started, I was like, uh oh, it's gonna just play Same. like in a really linear, you know, storytelling. But I I I liked how it really gave us a little bit. And it's something. It's yeah. not something you've never seen before, but it's really it really fit in well with this kind of storytelling. Yeah. Here's another question I have, actually, um, sure. and it involves kind of the backstory, of course. But do you guys? I, I'm curious because I've seen this come up a few times. Do you think Donnie is at fault for anything, or like presented in a light that's less becoming of him compared to what he could be, or what? Like I, I've, I've heard that the idea that um, this movie has to really balance what Dame's going through versus what Donnie's going, mm-hmm. going through. But I've been, mm-hmm. but from my perspective, I don't see Donnie as being necessarily wrong about any of the no. choices he's made yeah i mean this was like a theme that i was picking up on when i was watching the movie too and i had to dissect a lot of it you know marcus kind of mentioned this earlier there's like this hint of like survivor's guilt in this movie and this is predominant in a lot of different cultures but especially people that come from like poor backgrounds that have to make it in america right um and all throughout it you have very supportive characters the way that you mentioned aaron and zaki just like um his wife tessa thompson bianca is very patient with him but she's also basically saying like, hey, man, you did all this on your own, too. Like, you also deserve to be happy. And look what you've been able to create with me and us. You know, we've created this life together. We have this child together. Um, and this is our life. So you should also you should enjoy what you have built, even if the circumstances were not the most you know, clean or what have you. Because it's not just that he ran away from a situation there's also like the group home thing too, right? So there's like abuse going on there too. Zach, it's not like you have an opinion on this. What you what do you think of Adonis's role in this movie? I you know I I the thought I had was the the age difference sort of struck me as like it. I mean, I look at it like, well, Adonis he's just a little kid. Like he has, you know, as from an adult, you're like he has he has no reason to feel that guilt, and I wonder if maybe he was slightly older in the flashback um, that disparity w- wouldn't like to me, it, it's not like it doesn't kill the movie, but I definitely had that thought where I'm like, sure. uh, you know, I mean, the, like Dame is appears substantially older. I mean, at least it looks like he's about four years older than Adonis, which is funny because majors is three years younger than I, like, I, know. Jordan, I, <laughs> I don't know. I know that. Which is hilarious, right? <laughs> 
I had to look that up. I was like, well, I'll be damned. Like, I was I mean, curious because I'm like, Matrix isn't that old, but they keep calling it old man. I'm like, okay, so there's <laughs> aging about for the film. I would say the flashback versions, the kid looks young, older than Adonis does in the flashbacks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. For sure. Like, like to, to me, it's significant enough. Like, it, it looks like there's at least four years between them. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, you know, Adonis is beating himself up over, like, I ran away and and i never you know i tried to forget about it i'm like yeah but that's like what a little kid would do sure yeah i agree uh, of of that age whatever and and i forget because it's i think it's 2002 yeah 2002 yeah. The, yeah yeah so i don't know how old adonis is supposed to be doing that you know i would i would have to go back and do the math but but i mean he's he, he looks like a preteen to me at least in that scene yeah, he seems like he's yeah twelve or thirteen maybe, and he yeah. and he says he's a Mar he says he's a Mars age when he was in the group home. So it's like it's yeah, like, it's got to right. be twelve. Or yeah, less than that. So like so that. my my point is, I, it feels like a lot of the guilt he's taking on is is unfounded, understandable sure. if unfounded, and by extension, it feels like Damien is putting a lot on him, mm-hmm. and he was just a little kid, you know. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think it's 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 unfounded. Um, and I think that's it plays well into the story because in the beginning of the movie, he has made the progression from, uh, you know, uh, fighter to promoter. And it's everything's going really easy for him. And he, they aged him up a little bit and everything's going easy. And he's just naturally sliding into that position. But when his childhood trauma comes back into play, now he's reverted back into like, a child and he's thinking all the oh i'm guilty of this and i'm guilty mm-hmm. of that and I'm, I'm but he's thinking he's guilty as a child would as that little kid you know he's not thinking about it as the adults around him are are thinking about it so i think it plays well into the into the into the movie even if, if it is the case that he he's he did what a kid would have done like tessa thompson says like any kid would have done this right but he doesn't get it but i get it i get it in, in he's he's essentially a kid in his role in the movie and his role in the entire role of the movie is him growing up into that what i see as the elder balboa role from the fighter role which he just kind of slid into he slid from the fighter role to the to the producer role or to the promoter role yeah easily but this is like saying like okay you have to get over this childhood stuff you have to uh, put this thing behind you, and then you can finally, you know. Yeah. Jeff Watson and Aaron. I I mean I think I think people make mistakes, and I think that's entirely fair of humans. Right. Um, so it's it's hard for me to be like the movie didn't do a good job of giving me you know enough of a side on this thing because I'm just thinking what what else is there need to be done? Like there's a guy that yeah things happened in his life that could have went one way and went a different way. It's not a fault of the movie as far as not doing enough for me to support Creed. I support Creed not only by default because it's called Creed 3, but because I see Creed as a stand-up person who's doing what he can to enrich both his life, his family's life, and the lives of those around him who are similar to him, given the way he's operated this gym and seems to want to conduct himself. like He seems like a respectable person who happens to have means. Um, Him having to deal with what Dame's gone through, yes, it's a you know, it's a sad situation as far as he had a friend and it just didn't work out the way that it could have. Um, and now Dame is exactly what what you guys said. Like he's putting a lot on to Adonis and it's, you know, it's that that's Dame's problem and not Adonis. He's just, yeah. you know, buying into it. 
And yeah, it takes its turns, which is you know the nature of the drama for this movie. But right. you know, I, I think the film does a good job of presenting both of these characters. And yeah, giving uh, us enough reason to sympathize with with uh, with um, with Donnie and empathize with uh, Dame. Yeah, and I actually think that the movie actually does a really good job of addressing and even concluding uh, this uh, these these themes and ideas. Mm-hmm. And given that it's a boxing movie, I mean the dismissive way to put this is these black men will go a long way to not go to therapy uh, they, they I, mean, just, that, um, <laughs> I think that's what Chester Thompson wants for her this is why she's so patient there's a bit where she's like tell me what's going on it's like what any of therapy sessions like she asked you a very simple question but it's based on knowing yeah. nothing about this part of your life that you've never talked <laughs> before that's not asking therapy that's asking a straight answer please yeah <laughs> You, you've well, come home after not being here all night with a black eye. With a black like, eye, drinking like at that. ten in the morning. And you, and I all I asked you was what happened. Like, give me something <laughs> here to work with, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but people get upset. So okay, whatever. Um, he's, he's not hitting her. So I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know what? One thing that that was questionable for me in this film. You have uh, you have Felix Felix Chavez the. Uh, the big new champ that sure. Adonis is bringing up in the gym with Wood Harris. Mm. I don't buy this guy's a heavyweight champion. <laughs> I am <laughs> for one thing, he looks small, but also the way he acts, the way he fights people. I I just wonder how did he get to win to begin with? It doesn't, I don't I don't see a, a world where he became heavyweight champion. Like just the way he conducts himself, it just it was hard to like. I get maybe at that point he just might have gotten really cocky, so he just you know, <laughs> he loses so quickly to uh to Dame. But uh, did you guys? Oh, you're, the you're right. I mean, just body type alone. Yeah, you're right. You're you're right. It didn't. It it was uh, it was uh, kind of confusing what weight they were fighting at until they was like spoken out loud. I was like, oh okay, he's the heavyweight champ. Oh, all right. Maybe he's just really tall or something. But <laughs> when he was he was standing in there with other people, he wasn't. And then when Jonathan Majors came in, who's like, he's gained weight you know, to build all that muscle weight. And yeah. this other guy's like not too muscular mm. and like around the same height. So yeah, no, you're right. Well, it's sort of, it's sort of <laughs> like Rocky three. Rocky three is like dropped a lot of weight, but he's all muscle and like right. Clubber Lang is, you know, a building. So it's like, it's... <laughs> yeah. so he is, he is a real boxer, but he's a welterweight. Yeah. That makes sense. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like I don't have an answer for you, but I had the, I had the same a similar thought here. I was like, you know, he's gonna get destroyed by Jonathan Majors. Like when he takes off his like his uh, robe in the first match, I'm like, um, I don't like this. But and it's he gets, <laughs> it's not like they put up a great. It's, he gets destroyed. I'm like, how did this guy become yeah. heavyweight champ so to begin that, with? That, that was fascinating because they kind he of hit like, him in the shoulders. Yeah, that, that, like these unorthodox <laughs> punches. Like it, it definitely reminded me of like some Foreman stuff where he's like Foreman would just like walk up to you and like uppercut you. Out of, out of nowhere it's like this is crazy but then also like the charging bull the anger and even like the trunks with the the fight with adonis like very reminiscent of obviously mike tyson mm-hmm. right yeah, i mean he studied up yeah i mean he's and one I, of he's one of our best actors now and i and i dame not not jonathan majors yeah um, uh, oh, oh okay <laughs> yeah dame <laughs> dude dame calling in to like Stephen a smith's show just to like shit talk adonis it's like a gate ass awesome. move. The 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 first that was thought I awesome. had the first thought I had was why would this happen in life? Then I'm thinking no, Stephen <laughs> yeah, A. Smith. No, that, that, that I was thinking probably yeah. Stephen A. Smith would totally let this happen on their show. So <laughs> <laughs> this was like Stephen A. Smith's idea. Like, what if we just have him call in like that? Yeah, I'm probably texting him like call into my show tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, let's see the Felix. Oh, the, the other thing about Felix, though, great entrance. Oh my god, that with the smoke oh, yeah. and the, and oh, the yeah, skull yeah. mask. Oh yeah. boy, that was a good entrance. The skull mask from Batman Returns, yeah. Exactly from B- slash uh, <laughs> Specter. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, oh it was yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was I was in I was in I was into all the walk-ins. I like yeah, I like yeah. I like how low-key um Dames walk-ins were yeah. and like use of Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, way, and the way he just disregards the people around him when he gets to the ring, he's just kind of walking around and he's like, Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I have my guys in the corner holding my belts. That, that's all I need. <laughs> right. And I'm super jacked. Uh any other thoughts on uh, Creed three? Uh yeah. Last thought is uh, we need more training montages in movies. Training montages are fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I like when he pulled the plane. That was crazy. <laughs> I said, "What is he going to pull? He's pulling something." And then they reveal it's a plane. I said, "Oh." He even had like a photo shoot for like Ralph That's Lauren cool. and, and uh, Calvin Klein in the movie "Sunset Against the Mirror." Yeah, more training montage. Yeah, like if Women Talking had training montage, I probably would have liked it more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that movie a lot. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whoa! What about the music in this film? Obviously, a lot of soundtracks cues, but um, mm-hmm. we we yeah. notably don't have uh, Ludwig Göransson here, um, this time around. But was he a supervisor or he? I mean, whether or not he was involved, which yeah. perhaps uh, he's not credited anyway on this film. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, you guys talked about this earlier, um, with all the Stallone stuff. But essentially, you know, I I didn't know that I was missing the the Rocky theme until I, I noticed that it wasn't there, and it didn't really bother me as much either. So. But yeah, the use of the Creed theme, uh, good use of it when they kicked it in. Well, and and we do get uh, when when at the end of the fight we get the uh, the victory mm-hmm. music yeah. by Bill Conti, which I like that 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 little piece um, of connective tissue they did carry through. Sure. All right. Well, uh, when should people go and see Creed three, Marcus? When should people see this movie? Um, in. Uh... IMAX with the good sound. Oh, did anyone see it in IMAX? I said I said. Did anyone else see it in IMAX? I saw it in IMAX. I did. I did. Yeah. Zach, you did? <laughs> wow. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I guess in mine was IMAX too. And I just think about it. Yeah, because yeah, because we have the, the the one nearest to me is kind of a uh, Fomax, as I call it. Yeah, yeah. So. What the hell is IMAX? It's, it's like not, it's, not, it's, it's like not what a, Aaron described. Yeah, it's not a screen that's uh, built for IMAX. It's one that where they have the projector there. <laughs> the brand but it's not like an originally yeah. built imax theater right uh, okay which is most of the imax theaters. which is most of them yeah. yeah but if you can get double double laser projection then you're you're in pretty good shape that helps yeah, yeah so <laughs> look at us being nerds Mar- marcus <laughs> it, it, nerds. san jose doesn't have good theaters at all i guess so yeah. no they actually have uh, <laughs> i know they do i'm aware that they have a really good <laughs> 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 so all right so marcus says imax okay zachy when when should when do people see this movie? Uh, as soon as you can. It's a great theatrical experience. Abe? Yeah, I'm the same there. Uh, theater. I, I mean, it, I think it looks gorgeous in IMAX. I, I, I see yeah. these fights and stuff on a big screen. And it's the first sports movie to do IMAX as they want to promote. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great crowd pleaser for sure. And yeah, see it how it's shot. That's it. Yeah. Okay, well, we talked about Creed 3. We've done that a lot. We had a lot to say about Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. And I think we're all Hoping uh, he does more good things in this realm. Mm-hmm. It's barely paid off this time. But now it's time for us to move on to what What time is it? I think it's time for a couple of games here. Mm. Well, I don't know if that, that's actually Michael B. Jordan's actual ringtone, but they couldn't <laughs> afford to pay Aaron. Um, 
So but, he, but Michael B. Jordan always gives me a pat when he sees me. He's like, oh, thanks for that ringtone, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's like, thanks for writing that for me. Yeah. I've got two games for you guys here. From, what, from one OC boy to another. <laughs> Is he from the OC? Yeah, originally, yeah. Wow. Good on you. Uh, the first thing here is, uh, yeah, I've made a boxing movie. This is where I'm going to name an actor, not the main one. And I would like you to buzz in with your name and tell me the name of the boxing movie or a boxing movie that they've been in. Very short game here. Only, but, uh, okay. Okay. First things first, Anthony Mackie. Uh, Zachy. Zachy. Oh, oh. Real Steel. Yeah. That's, oh, that's one of them. Real Steel. Oh, God damn it. He was also in Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> He is a million dollar man. Uh, the next one here. Wait, did you? Have, was there both answers there? Or yeah, you... I wrote both of them down. Yeah. Okay. In case, in case somebody said one of the other. Yeah. Uh, the next one here, Michelle Rodriguez. Aaron. Aaron. That... Well, she's the. I mean, girl fight. Is girl fight is correct. Yeah. But she's she's, the lead. she's not the. I mean, lead. yeah. She, fine. She's she the she's the girl. <laughs> she's the. She's I the fight. apologize for my lack of direction. You get the game. The next one here. Liev Schreiber. Uh, Zachy. Zachy. Uh, is it Webner? Is that what it's called? Webner? Webner? Chuck. It's called Chuck. 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 The TV show? or No, there's a movie called the, Chuck. The thing about, about Chuck Webner, isn't that what it's called? Uh, maybe. I'm going to say yes if you... <laughs> well, <laughs> is that what I wrote? Or, but well, I'm going to say Well, let me hold on. Let's, let's, let's see what Marcus and I can come up with. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That That is true. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down the hurricane, but yeah, he, he is well, in You gave it up. I was trying to think of it still. <laughs> You're no, but Zachy got it right, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Zachy destroying in this game. Uh, the next one here. Renee Zellweger. Aaron. Aaron. Cinderella man. That's correct. Yeah. No, it's actually um, uh, it's Chuck two. Yeah. <laughs> still chucking. It's still chucking it. Yeah. Let's in here. Brian Cox. Hmm. Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Whose dad is he in some movie? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> exactly. is, he South, is he Southpaw's dad? <laughs> Southpaw's dad. Yo. Yeah, yeah, righty. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nicole, righty. Ryan Cox. Ryan Cox. Okay, let's see here. What has he done? Do they box in succession? <laughs> they don't. Although, no, they play I, board, I they, play, right. they play bar on the floor. It's a different game. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if that was like a full fledged movie. See, I don't think I don't think Logan boxes in X2. Uh... Nick Cage doesn't box in himself in adaptation. <laughs> I think you may have stumped everybody. Yeah, what are what are we listening? The boxer. Uh... Oh, jeez. Okay, we got to go back a step. All right. Yeah, 1997. <laughs> Daniel Lewis is the boxer. Uh, okay. The next one here, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. Aaron. Aaron. Is that the Black Dahlia? The Black Dahlia? I mean, if you think that there's boxer yeah. there, I believe you. There is because he's, he's he is one of the boxers in that. Like there he you go. The, he's like I wrote, ticket, yeah. I wrote down bleed for this, but yes, if, if you uh, Black Dahlia, sure. That's like a weird. It's a weird because that movie sucks a lot. But there's that's like a weird part of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. they fight, they like... <laughs> bleed for this. He, he also he boxes with the Gerard Butler in, in the President movie. So that's like, true. Yeah, he's like oh, yeah, he's like a sparring. He's like a sparring yeah. partner. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, and last one here, Evangeline Lilly. 
the M and Aaron. Ones. Aaron. That's real steel. That's real steel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot of overlap in this game, huh? Real steel, Chuck two. Uh, uh, All right, so the- let's. Are we done with the practice round? Yeah, yeah we're done with the practice round. Start. Aaron, you won the practice round. All right, game. let's go. Wait, who won? Who won that game? Aaron won that one, four to two. The real game is called Third, Third, Third. Third is the name of the title of the movie. Uh, this is where I will name oh. an actor, and please tell me. Nobody, nobody buzz in. Everyone gets a chance to go. Please tell me the third movie of a franchise that they have been in, and they haven't been, been in all one, two, and three, or multiple, uh, all of them. So, again, okay. I'll just name you an actor, and you tell you know what? the third movie of a franchise that they've <laughs> okay. been in. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> okay, Marcus, you got to go Chuck first. Three. Chuck. Okay, three. okay. And some of these are just warm ups. So, Tommy Lee Jones. The third movie of a franchise, yes, that he's been in, yes, yes, okay. Um, Bla- uh, Men in Black Three. There you go, Men in Black Three. Yes, yeah, correct title. All right, it's weird uh, that I didn't think of that, that one. The... You didn't think of that one because <laughs> no, I thought of Batman Forever. That he's that he wasn't in Batman, oh. Batman Returns though. Oh, so oh, they're they in all three. Yeah, he wouldn't have been in <laughs> okay, all three that... of them. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh... Zachy, warm up, warm up okay. question for you, Tom Hanks. Okay. Uh, Toy Story Three. Toy Story 3. Yeah, there you go. I also would have expected Inferno. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a movie that definitely exists. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron, your warm-up question. Mike Myers. Austin Powers in Goldmember. Yes, yeah. Thank you for the full title. I will have also accepted Shrek the I... Third. No. Austin Powers in Goldmember <laughs> is, is the only answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we get into it. Marcus. Ben wait, wait, wait. I, w- I want that first point. <laughs> Yeah, you did I'm get not, it. I'm not going to score any. Everybody has the point right now. Everybody has the point. I think okay, okay, you okay. did get it as he tastefully marks the point <laughs> on the board. <laughs> no, you don't see. There's like a line break and then real game begins now. So Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Yeah. So he's been in. So it has to be. He's been in all three of them. He's been in all three. Yeah. I can think of two. Uh, geez. Uh, there's probably one obvious one that I'm not thinking about. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're trying to I, win I, uh, I have to give you five seconds uh, here I don't know ooh Zachy for the steal Night at the Museum do you uh, have the oh, title the three. there's three he's Se- been in <laughs> no he's gonna say it it's Secret of the Tomb yes correct there's also the beat, the Fo- beat the Fockers and Madagascar oh, that's... 3 yeah little, oh, little Fockers would be great <laughs> Uh, Zach, you get to go first in the second. Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth was in. Um, wasn't he in? What's, what is it? What's the third? Uh, <laughs> was it uh, Mocking Mocking Jay Part One? Isn't Isn't he in that? Do you have the original title of the, the whole movie? The Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part One. Isn't that yes. It? You got part there. two. What do you, you got there? Uh, Aaron, you get to go next. Brad Pitt. Feels like I just give you a light layup here. Yeah, that that is pretty simple. I'm trying to think if there's other ones that I'm not thinking of, but Ocean's Thirteen. Ocean's Thirteen. I should have given that one to Marcus. (laughs) I put it to Twelve Years a Slave. Me three, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thirty six years a slave. Fifteen years. (laughs) Um, Marcus. Pat Morita. Pat Morita. Okay. I'm gonna say. What? Karate Kid 3? 
Is it Karate Kid Part Three? The Karate Kid Part Three. Yeah, you nailed it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Zachy, another yeah. for you here. Uh, Liam Neeson. Um. Wait. Hold on. Oh, uh, uh, taken three. Taken three. Yeah. Okay. It'd also be what the Voyage of the Don Treader, of course, right? The uh, Chronicles the of Narnia. The, the Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia series. Yeah. That's as what I was saying. As Aslan. What Chronicles of Narnia? Thank you, uh, Aaron. Thank you you gotta go next in this one. Anna Kendrick. I mean, okay, because <laughs> I know it, but I'm like, there's another one, right? There's Prince Perfect Three. Okay, you but, get the point. But there's also there'd also be with the Twilight things, right? So like, what do you remember do? the title of the third one? Um, hold on. Yes, <laughs> Twilight, Twilight New Moon, Twilight. God, oh god, what is the <laughs> what is the third one called of the series? We do not care about exactly. Um, it's from David Slade. I know that. Um, it's called Breaking Dawn. No, it isn't. That's the fourth one. Oh, is that the fourth one? Yeah, because that, yeah. that's part. That's part one. Part one. Yeah, um, it's one word. I think too, as opposed to like new moon, bloodlight. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> we need to explore this. I know. Now I'm looking it up as you stall for time. Um, it's, it's, it's eclipse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, eclipse. <laughs> new moon eclipse. All of those. All right. Uh, I don't even know if she's in that one. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, you got the right answer. Pitch for three, Marcus. John Cho. Uh oh, geez, what I don't know the full time. Um, it, Harold and Kumar. Oh, <laughs> Guantanamo something. That's no the second escape one. from no. So unfortunately, you have to go for Zachary for the steal. <laughs> and why did you choose that? Uh, Star Trek Chinese? Beyond. I because. <laughs> <laughs> He shows like the hardest title in the movie, which is a very Harold and Kumar it's Christmas. The, but you could have gone with Zachy Star Trek time. Beyond. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond, Harold and Kumar Christmas. Isn't he in like American uh, uh, Wedding? Right, I'd assume, right? He's probably in that. But he wasn't in American Pie, was he? Yes, he is. That's the, he establishes the whole thing in American oh. Pie. He's definitely in the first one. Okay, I, then I didn't get that one, but yeah. He's in the first two. I don't remember if he's in Wedding or not, but I mean. I, I know for sure he was in those Harold and Kumar yeah. movies. So. Yeah, he, play, he plays the Harold. Yeah, that's he's, right. He's he's one of I, them, right? He's, I, I he's, used to think he played Neil Patrick Harris, but it turns out he's the Harold. He's Neil, he's Harold. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zachy, you're up. Jamie Dornan. Oh, for crying out loud! Um, <laughs> uh, I don't fifty fifty shades darker. What I don't know. I don't, that is I don't incorrect. Know. Aaron, fifty shades Hill. legacy. Um, fifty shades freed. Fifty Shades Freed is correct. Yeah, Fifty Shades Darker is actually the second one. <laughs> is it really? I think so. Yeah. 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 In the neighborhood, at least. Yeah, you're in the neighborhood. Shades Freed. Yeah. Aaron, you get to go next in this one. John Travolta. Hold on. <laughs> what am I not thinking? <laughs> oh, this is stupid. This should be easy. What is this thing? Um, I don't know because there's two chances for people to steal. Oh my God! What am I blanking on now? Travolta. Oh, look who's talking now. Look who's talking now is correct. <laughs> oh, I would. I'm like, what does he have a sequel to to begin with? <laughs> Marcus, you get to go next. Mm -hmm. Brendan Fraser. Um. Oh. Uh, you're in a. Okay. Uh, Words. <laughs> the, uh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Um. Okay. I don't know it. Uh, the 
the the mummy colon colon <laughs> new legacy i don't know what is it that's, that's not a bad title that's not a bad this title? uh the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor that is oh, correct wow you knew Jesus. that jesus oh my god Zachy, your turn <laughs> ray romano ah uh, um, Why does that like a gangster? <laughs> what? Like um, a Dick Tracy gangster? Uh, yeah. um, uh, well, it's the third Ice Age, but I I couldn't tell you what it's called. Ice Age three. I'll just pretty pretty close. Aaron for the steal. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is right because <laughs> these all blend together. I think it's Ice Age colon. Dawn of the Dinosaur? That is correct. What? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> what? I can't even, because, like, the fourth one is... The God, fourth one is, like, some weird shit. I didn't know not, that there was, like, six of them. Well, because there's there's five and then, like, a spin-off one with Simon Pegg's character. Uh, I think the fifth one's Continental Drift. I cannot think of the fourth Simon one. Simon Pegg is in this franchise? He plays, like, a musk rat or something. Like, he's some, like, rat animal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, he's not. Uh, he's not scrap. He's, he's some other. Is that like, even is that even like a real voice? As opposed to what a non-voice? Yes. Yeah. So like you know, just like some guy going. Meow. <laughs> You're insulting the great work of Frank Welker, my man. <laughs> oh, I apologize. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a like I thought Frank Welker has an entire like... career of doing voices for animals. <laughs> Just... Continental Drift is the fourth one. Collision Course is the fourth. That's what they're both C's. That's what. How many are there? There's there are. There are five Ice Age movies, and then there's yeah, Ice. There's the, the this the latest one is Ice Age: The Adventures of Buck Wild, played by Simon Pegg. That, that's a that's a lot of them. So, uh, Aaron, you get to go first. In the next one, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Oh Jesus! <laughs> like, what, uh-huh. <laughs> like what, what franchise is he? Um, Lord of the Rings: colon, The Return of the King. That is correct. Oh. And with that, you have narrowly edged out Zaki with the win in this game as well. For third, 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 third is the title of the movie. Third word is it out of the movie. Great. Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll use this win to go on the platform and say Buck Wild is a one-eyed weasel and dinosaur hunter. That is what the character he plays. In. Okay. What? Wait, wait. That's not the John Leguizamo character, right? He he is a sloth. No, he he's got real life. Oh my god! I can't really think. Yeah, Who's, too okay. many here. Too many. <laughs> he's Sid the sloth. He's he's the you know. Oh. He, he yeah, he's got like a famous like list or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, those games. Thing's... Yeah, thanks, Abe. Those are yeah, good you're, games. You're welcome. Very entertaining. That's always when it comes to Marcus's performance level in these games. Yeah, he got it. He, he, he's on the board. He's on the all board. games no play, like I say. Usually, I don't even speak. I mean, so he's a real no doubt. <laughs> I just, um, yes. All right. <laughs> Let's move on from this. Let's get to some out feedback. Some feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go with the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash got podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us some answers. And uh, Marcus, Zachy, feel free to throw in any answers you may have as we go through these. Yeah. First question here is What are some great films about childhood friends who become enemies? Uh, uh, Irene writes Buck and Steven Winter Soldier. Bucky and Steven Winter Soldier. Not Buck Wild from Ice Age. Yeah, sorry. My <laughs> mind is elsewhere right now. Uh, Chris has the social, social network. Goodfellas and Shallow Grave. Philip Hurd has X-Men colon First Class and Rushmore. Jordan Grout, friend of the show, has Jennifer's Body. And Scott Madison, friend of the show, has Meet the Robinsons. 
Hmm. I'm going to throw in the fox and the hound. Yeah. Childhood friends who become enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good answers there already. Um, I don't know. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> the the accident <laughs> thing keeps coming to mind, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next question we have here. What are your favorite boxing movies? Chris writes, A Prayer Before Dawn, Real Steel, Rocky Four, and Warrior. And it's a boxing, I think, like MMA and wrestling, what have you. Uh, Philip has the first Creed takes the cake. Stallone delivers what may be his best career performance. Mm. Your boxing movies. Uh, I mean, we talked about it already, Real Steel. We really enjoyed the cinematography in that movie. And sometimes whenever I'm eating a burrito, I think to myself that, uh, you know, uh, X-Men's Wolverine got me a burrito. I still, I've only seen Real Steel once. Like, I remember, yes, it had good cinematography, but I, I can't remember anything else about this movie at this point. Yeah, they just built really Adam the, the boxing robot. They have Adam the boxing robot that, like, literally should not be able to win the match, given that it's an inferior, <laughs> it's an inferior product. Like, it doesn't make any sense that it wins the max at the end of the uh, I'm gonna but, put as John, in... but as John Rule said, it's not how you stand behind your car, it's how you drive it. So. <laughs> Monica! I'm going to uh, put in Raging Bull. Raging Bull, great one. Heard of it. My favorite. Um, okay. Uh, next question here. What are some great films about characters who want to be on the top? Uh, Philip has Throne of Blood, and Peter Paris for the show has The Social Network. Characters who want to be on the top. Hmm. Um, does Everest count? Sure. Okay. Everest. <laughs> kind of dark. I know, right? Does Everest. Free, free solo. Yeah. Free. Uh, he makes it. Yeah. Huh? There we go. The Hudsucker Proxy. Okay. <laughs> what a great call. The you know, founder. The, the founder. The founder. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's, a good that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Did Did you say there will be blood? You said that. No. no, we said throw mm-hmm. a blood. Throw a blood. blood. Yeah, that's, oh. that's, a good, yeah. that's a great one, Zaggy. Yeah. I'm an oral barn. Yeah, this is us on HW. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and the Raymond impression, <laughs> really, you would have thought that Daniel Day Lewis is on the podcast with us. <laughs> that's standard oral. Okay. Um, <laughs> give me the blood, Eli. Give me the blood. All right. Don't be thick in front of me, Al. <laughs> like when he yells at Paul F. Tompkins and you're like, Paul F. Tompkins in there will be blood. I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> who, are, who are some great couples from sports movies? Luke Thompson, friend of the show, writes Bobcat Goldthwaite and Don the Horse from Hot to Trot. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Todd Levenow has a uh, friend of the show, has uh, Rocky and Adrian, of course. Yeah. Course. Philip has Roy Hobbs and Iris Gaines in The Natural. Oh, oh that's, good. that's a nice call. They're not a couple, but Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis in The Last Boy Scout, pretty good duo. <laughs> they're a couple. Of, they're a couple of guys. Yeah, a couple, a couple of, cool of di- guys. Co- they're a couple of dicks. They're a couple of private eyes. <laughs> no, he's a real cop in that one, isn't he? No, he's a private eye. Oh, okay. Like he stopped being a cop. He became oh, man. Private. Well, he's still getting. That's the whole thing. He's a, he's a loser. He used to be a detective. That's right. He's a yeah. loser. Great house. Like though. the he. He said bad things about the mayor or something, and, and so he, right. he got rid of it, got him out of his job. Couples in fighting movies, is that what you said? In sports, uh, sports movies, movies. In sports, sports movies, movies. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And Billy Crudup and uh, Monica Potter in Without Limits. 
That limits. I have not thought about that movie in a long long time. That's terrific. Oh, I love that movie. It's a good one. It's better than the other. You know, there were two Steve Prefontaine movies that came out around the same time. The the Leto one, right? The Uh, Leto Prefontaine movie? Without Limits, that's the better one, I think. Yeah. Steve Prefontaine. Wow. Uh, well, uh, Marcus, if you think of something, feel free to just shout out randomly. The next question here is, what are some great directorial debut debuts from black filmmakers? Gary Swafford, friend of the show, has Ryan Coogler, Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. Chris Cleveland writes, the Hughes Brothers, Menace 11, Menace 2 Society, Menace 11 Society? Abe, get it together. <laughs> Wait, um, sorry, he typed ones instead of, like, eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like... Uh, <laughs> yes, Dennis Menace 11 Society. Right. <laughs> the Hughes Brothers, Menace to Society. Philip has Steve McQueen's Hunger, uh, warrants more attention, and has an absolutely captivating long shot with Michael Fassbender and Liam Cunningham. True. Oh. Dear white people. Dear white people? Yeah, Get we're out. About that early. Get out. Get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... It's Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle was his first yeah. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Um Fruitvale would be like my default answer, which is really yeah. good. Uh, Love and basketball. Yeah. Speaking of couples, actually, in sports movies. There you go. Yeah. What about, I'm, I'm gonna get you a sucker. Was that was that that's Keenan's? Was yeah, that his Kanan's director debut? debut? Yes. Wow, it's a good. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> fun it, movie. Did you say Poison Poison Hood? No. No. Okay, Poison Hood. Is that Singleton? Yep. Yeah. yeah. There you go. She's got to have it. Yeah. Who does? She. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, her. Obviously. <laughs> okay. All right. Last question. What, what two Rocky slash Creed movie villains would you want to see face each other in, in the ring? Hmm. Chris writes, I'm old school, so like Clubber Lang versus Avon Drago would be the ultimate bad boy fight. Wow. Um, Clubber Lang and, and uh, what's what it, I don't forget his name in the in the movie, but uh, uh, the, the Hulk Hogan. What's he play? Like he's like Thunder Lips. Body Thunder, 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 Thunder Lips. <laughs> Remember the in the uh, night- Molten Lust. <laughs> remember remember in the mid 80s when people saw Hulk Hogan like attractive six foot With four on TV come hair. on beautiful people saw, on hair people saw that man is like that mustache that hair yes he's, he's pure American beef <laughs> uh, Creed movie villains um, uh, the robot nanny from Rocky 3 <laughs> over the Rocky 4 4 Versus yeah, Rocky Four versus um, Frank Stallone. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say like that side of beef that Rocky's beating up in, in Rocky One. <laughs> Bad, robot, yeah. robot V Beef. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like a Wendy's. This is sponsored by Wendy's. Um, Apollo Creed and Rocky One versus Apollo Creed and Rocky Three. I want to see the humbled version versus wow. the uh, type of the top of his fame version. All right. Yeah. Who knows uh, what would happen? Who'd win in a foot race? That's my real question. Yeah. That's <laughs> the question right there. I mean, he didn't train at the beach in Rocky Three. Zachy, any uh, thoughts on this? Uh so this is the 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 opponents and I the opponents the, the, the of Rocky, Rocky movies versus each other. Oh interesting. Uh let's let's how about uh uh Ivan Drago from Rocky Four versus uh uh, uh Lil Drago from Dr- Creed. Oh, okay. Boom. 
<laughs> there you go. That guy's got no remorse. He's going to kill his own kid. <laughs> if, he dies, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he just nailed it. Wow. <laughs> Damn. He, that'd be a oh, cold ass dies, fight. He dies. Damn. <laughs> that should be Red, made. Well, that he should can't, be the well, tagline of the movie. If he, he dies, can't he kill dies. his own father, right? Because then. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. It's <laughs> not a time travel film. He can kill his own father. He's not going to ruin the time. I mean, <laughs> he's ruining it. I mean, Marcus, haven't you time seen life. any Terminator movie ever? Terminator Two. I mean, it's possible. Oh, he's got somebody's going to come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that <laughs> was feedback, feedback. Feedback. We can't. We can't top that. So we're going to go yeah. out on a, with a bang. Well, let's move on. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode about now Terminator. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Legal Entertainment for Blue Review. Or for, sorry, I write for Legal Entertainment for Movie Reviews, and I write for Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion Reviews, uh, including a recent review of Hollywood Shuffle. Speaking of Ooh. which, on Criterion, right. um, I'm also on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Ape. You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag listen to Duke. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of you online? Uh, moviesmarcus.com and moviesmarcus on Twitter and Instagram, moviesmarcus1. Zaki Hassan, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can go to zakiscorner.com. That's Z-A-K-I-S corner. It's also my uh, uh, Twitter, minus the dot com. And I am writing for the San Francisco Chronicle, including my review of Scream, whatever the new one is, six coming up. Uh, six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I to keep track. Um, and, and of course, the movie film podcast co-hosted by my, my, uh, my buddy, Brian Hall. And um, that drops uh, every other week or so. Great. Great. All right. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now 30 on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or <laughs> tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And follow us on instagram.com slash underscore pod, outnow underscore podcast as well. And again, iTunes read ratings. Good to get those. Thank you. Uh, Marcus, Zachy, thank you both for joining us this evening. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Zachy. Thank so you much. for having me for the Black History Month uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time, as Appreciate always. Appreciate it, guys. But uh, no, good to have you guys Appreciate on. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I look, you know, we, here's here's to the next Creed. We'll see if we can bring us back together again for a yeah. sequel to <laughs> and... Creed Four: Mars Revenge. Got it. Talk, talk more about Chuck too. Uh, yeah. But that is the fourth movie week. of the fourth franchise. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> that that is going to do for this week's episode. Next week we are talking Scream X, uh, Scream Six. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, that's gonna do it for this time. So, until next time, so long and goodbye. It's that time. Ain't the same for young Jermaine Still underrated but far from underpaid And though some problems did fade The hunger stayed These stomach rumbles could humble thunder uh, I'm still fueled by the ones that slumber To stand out amongst the one-hit wonders So when the dust settles and the sun is under